0: This is Jason West from the Underscore Transformation podcast. Before we get into this week's episode, we felt that we had to address what's happening in the world today. Um, After all, the global pandemic that we're all living through has resulted in a a radical transformation of society and business in just a matter of days. And whilst we've been talking about business transformation over the past few months, the structured approach to delivering positive change in organisations, the situation that people and organizations face today is markedly different. In a crisis, we all have to make really tough decisions to protect ourselves, our loved ones, the teams we work in, and the wider society in which we all live. And you know, we all know 2020 is gonna be a tough year uh, and we won't be the same when we come out the other side. Now, governments and organisations are going to be radically altered, as will be the way we work and our relationships with our teams, family and friends. So if you or your family have been directly affected by the coronavirus, uh, we wish you a a speedy recovery and a return to full health. Now, when we get to the other side of this, and, and we will... Uh, The short-term decisions that we've made to deal with the crisis are going to need to be reviewed in the light of a a new normal that's going to be quite different to the normal as it was uh, just a few days ago. So whatever that might be, um, we're going to have to grapple with the world as it is um, uh, as we get out the other side. So the, the need to transform ultimately will be greater than ever. Uh, which is why we're going to continue with the podcast series uh, as as we, we had planned. We'll, we'll also have some episodes coming up on working in remote teams, uh, mental toughness in challenging times, and practical guidance for running a transformation program with a 100% remote team. So once again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope you are all safe and well, and we hope that you find this week's episode useful and the coming weeks as we get into it. Welcome to the Underscore Transformation podcast. My name is Jason West, and my name is Joe Ayles, and together we're the founders of Underscore. In season two, we're focusing on implementation and the challenges that surround making changes to policies, processes, systems, and team structures. If you'd like to know more about scoping a transformation program, please take a listen to season one. Today's episode focuses on testing. One of the fastest and most assured routes to transformation failure is to shortcut testing. And it's a common story when speaking to operational teams who are struggling with new systems and new processes. Either end users weren't involved in testing, or testers weren't trained before being asked to test, or testing was simply cut short to hit a go-live date. In this episode, we aim to give functional leaders who might be new to transformation and large-scale systems implementations a broad introduction to testing and how to avoid these and other common mistakes that cause programs to fail. So, Joe, I think we can all think back to IT systems being rolled out in, in our careers that didn't quite work out as expected. What can our listeners do to avoid following others down this kind of well-trodden path?
1: Indeed, Jason, one of the first things to do is recognise that um, testing is, is more Than just um, testing a system works. Um, It's making sure that uh, you know you're making significant changes to process, policy, ways of working, um, organisation structures, um, people's roles and responsibilities, etc. So you you should really thoroughly test these to make sure that um, to to, to make sure that from a system standpoint. the system works as uh, as, as intended, um, and um, from an end-to-end process policy, roles and responsibilities, etc., validate that what you've designed um, it's fit for purpose. Um, having said that, I'm sure uh, we'll probably be focusing a lot of this podcast on 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 systems, um, yes, uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. and, and, and 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 rightly so. But we mustn't mustn't forget that there there is much broader testing um, uh, principles, I guess, or, or practices that need to sort of be considered when uh, when you're implementing um, broad change, in, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah. Where, where do we start? What are the, the mistakes that people should watch out for? The first mistake to avoid is believing that your software as a service solution is a
1: plug-and-play and an and, and out-of-the-box um, solution that doesn't require much te- testing. Even the most well-developed well, well developed, um, software as a service products technologies Require extensive testing to avoid, um, you know, configuration errors, process errors, data breaches. Particularly taking into, taking into account uh, uh, data protection legislations that are becoming tougher and tougher. Um, integrations because it's obviously implementing a, a system that connects and touches other uh, other downstream systems, and um, any operational issues that you might uh, um, uh, experience because you're implementing changes to policy process. Um, operating model, ways of working, roles, et cetera. So all of these things need to to be thought through. And to avoid these pitfalls, one of the first things I think uh, organizations should do is hire an experienced desk manager.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's yeah. that's typically somebody that you you need to bring in from outside. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, yeah. And unless you've got um, unless you've got people in house that that have extensive testing experience in the technology that you Indeed. are implementing yeah rather indeed than just being generic test managers.
1: In, yeah indeed you need to have um test manager a test manager with um ideally experience of the product that uh, that's been uh, deployed um because it, it is easy to to try and um, uh, approach test management with uh, software as a service technologies um in a very sort of um blueprint way and it might have been used there might they might have worked well enough with other on-premise technologies but the same principles don't apply to cloud really um so we need to sort of think think through the organization should really think through that there, there are um material differences to to testing sort of an off-the-shelf SaaS solution um to, to those um you know customized on-premise products and you are testing Um, configuration choices really we're not testing Mm -hmm. in what organizations um have customized from the ground up um so having that sort of knowledge of the system um does help enormously
0: yeah because you're not testing code as such are you it's exactly it it, it all works as long as you bolt it together in the right way you're testing
1: the you're testing the design decisions you've made um Mm -hmm. Um, that have been applied in sort of configuration or configuration choices you've made to a, p- uh, a particular piece of technology really yeah um, so the 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 testing is is different to um to a um, typical on premise
0: yeah cuz it, it's it's really easy to 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 waste a lot of time uh, if you if you approach testing a, a cloud-based product mm. in the same way as you would an on-premise ERP or HTM system because you you just waste a huge amount of time checking whether there's all these different bugs in code and all the rest of it. And frankly, you're not going to find yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And, and, and you just spend a huge amount of resource yeah. and time uh, yeah. looking for stuff that just isn't there. Yeah, the login button uh,
1: appears in the same place every time. So you don't have to test the login button exists. You don't have to test that the user can enter there I don't know their user ID and their password or whatever. That's part of the product. Yeah, um, absolutely. What you're needing to test is um, okay. I've made a set of decisions in our in a way I want to run a process. Um, now let's play play back that process in a testing world to see if um, it works out as we intended it to. And um, you know, this most simplistic term, simplistic way of looking at it, but yeah, uh, you don't have to spend. Thousands and thousands of hours testing things that, frankly, the software as a service um, technology provider um, will have done themselves um, yes. to release the product out to the masses. And
0: there's some there's some jargon around this, and there's a, there's a lot of jargon around. There this, is a lot of it, jargon. <laughs> it's, it's quite. Quite system y and quite it yeah. so it's new yeah. language that we just need to kind of learn and and w- yeah. one of those is around you know test scripts versus test scenarios mm. um, it, I think it would be helpful do you want to expand on that a bit more yeah, about yeah. kind of what is a test script what's a test scenario and what 's the difference between the two yeah you're right
1: actually test scripts have probably come from um um an on premise on premise um, on-premise, on-premise, um uh, solutions where um, everything had to be really prescriptive because um, you're testing something almost from the ground up that's been designed and customized and built to, uh, to a particular organization's requirements. So you needed to go to that level of inc- incredible level of detail to make sure that no stone left unturned, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um
0: And they're kind of step-by-step instructions. They are. They're step-by-step instructions. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Make sure you enter all of these data dimensions to make sure that we can enter data dimensions. Making sure that we can enter data with decimal points and uh, and values of greater than a a million in one particular field. And and it's these types of things that uh, you don't. Organizations shouldn't have to worry about in a um, software as a service um, deployment. So you've got a test script is, is, is really quite prescriptive. Um, detailed instructions on uh, login as a X, enter this, open this tab, or open this f- bit of functionality in a system, enter these values into, into, uh, into the system, um, press X or press submit or press next or whatever, and you go through yeah. this real prescriptive detailed instructions. But to be honest, in um, SAS solution, if you're going to do that, that level of detail, mapping something out or describing what somebody has to do, you might, it's just quicker to do it yourself, frankly, if you, it'll take less time for you to execute that test and to write these prescriptive um, uh, scripts for somebody to execute. Yeah. a Test scenario is, uh, is, is different. So a test scenario is, is a, you've made a set of decisions in your design workshops um, that you know it might be a, I say, you know, rec- create. I'm going to create a a, a requisition, a purchase requisition, uh, or create a purchase order. Um, anything that's uh, um, a value of X needs to be approved by Y. Anything that's a value of of Z needs to pre- be approved by Y and uh, Z. So you make you're making these sort of design decisions and these.
0: Um, it's rules, really, isn't it? It's Is that yeah. Business logic, exactly. The rules yeah, the business logic. They drive your business be processes. Be
1: indeed, indeed. So, and that's what you should be testing. So, you're you're now creating a, a scenario that says, right, you are going to uh, launch a series of of uh, processes, raise, create a series of purchase orders, and let's make sure that all the purchase orders that we create test these various business rules that we've built into our business process. Um, and uh, and you might create different types of scenarios. So you might say, right, we need to create uh, a scenario that requires uh, individual X to create a purchase order. But if individual Y creates a purchase order, then the rules might be slightly different. So you, these are the, the, the scenarios that you have to think about. So they're not scripts. Yeah, Um, they're not detailed um, instructions on how to execute something. Um, They are very sort of um, rule-based testing scenarios.
0: Yeah, so if you're a a transformation lead or a a program sponsor, and you're just kind of having a bit of a check Mm -hmm. on what's going on with testing, I think one of those just that sixty thousand foot view is, you know, do we have tens of thousands of test scripts, or have we got a few hundred test scenarios? If, yes, if you're implementing on-premise ELP or HCM, then absolutely you want the tens of thousands. Yeah. Um, but if if it's a SaaS solution, uh, you really want to be seeing a few hundred test scenarios, um, yeah. and, and that and and there's you can get into real trouble if you apply the wrong methodology uh, to to the technology that you're yeah, implementing. Yeah, you you will, and you'll end up what will end up end up
1: happening. And again, we've seen we've seen sort of some of uh, of these things, with um, some of the organisations we've worked with, um, you you end up focusing your energy on testing the wrong things, um, yeah. and and ultimately you you, you get a sub a suboptimal solution that hasn't been thoroughly tested yet in the areas that it needed to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it is it is a, it is very important. And The other um, group to to include in this, and perhaps we we will we'll explain on that a little bit later on, is sort of this sort of process owners taking a lot more accountability. Um, yes. Around like right? okay, I've designed my processes to work in a certain way with these business rules embedded within our, my processes. Um, I want to make sure, as a process owner, that I that the processes are going to work the way I want them to work. So they they're so instrumental in helping the test manager create a sort of holistic test plan. Um, for each of the functional areas that are impacted by by this change, yeah. um, and the process owner then really sort of thinks through um, the the impact not just on a system, but on the you know their operating model, the, the, the team that's sat behind the system, um, the policy that they're, they're looking to push out across the organisation, uh, yeah. and so on. So it is um, it, it's not. Um, the the test manager is there to pull all of this together, but it does require um significant involvement from those across the program um to to be um, to, you know to help um, pull together what are those test scenarios what's that what's that business logic that I really want to to, to test thoroughly yeah
0: yeah <laughs> Okay, we've hired our test manager. They've worked mm-hmm. on a couple of implementations of the SaaS solution that we're implementing before, and we've made sure that they're going to take a proportionate approach to system testing. What's the first thing that your test manager really should be doing when they come on board? They should come up with a test strategy. It's really the first thing, really. Gotcha. And what what should a good test
1: strategy include? I mean, we talked a little bit about um you know, the, the approach to testing where, you know, scripts versus scenarios. So they've, they've got to describe what, what's the overall approach? How are they going to approach that testing? Um, what environments, what technologies are going to use, mm-hmm. um, break down actually the components of testing. So in, in a minute we'll, pro- we'll, we'll go into um, um, a bit of discussion around the different types, you know, smoke testing um, aspects of the system, uh, the processes, etc. cetera, um, unit testing, end-to-end testing, parallel if it's, uh, uh, if needed um and user acceptance testing uat some people might prefer um refer it to um what data um what security um, um is going to be tested what data quality is going to be tested as part of the um of the test strategy mm-hmm. um how are, are individuals i guess um going to be trained to to effectively um test the system yeah, who's going um, to do what? Yeah, who's going to take accountability for what um, areas, uh, functional areas of, of the system, end-to-end process, policy, uh, operating model, etc. Um, and then they'll they'll also need to include in their strategy. Um, okay, so we've, we've done all these tests, but how are we going to document changes? How are we going to document defects? How are we going mm-hmm. to uh, to document issues? Uh, all of that so uh, and how are we going to triage um, all of those to actually unpick the ones that are perhaps lack of training versus those that are real real defects with a process a system uh, uh, a policy etc
0: yeah so is that a kind of high level overview of what how and why various things need to be tested and who's going to carry those out yeah um, but it, it really has to be formally formally documented this isn't kind of uh, yeah. something that you could just have floating around there you've got to document it and you need to push it through your governance structure and make sure the right people see it review it yeah. and approve it absolutely um, absolutely yeah but, but, but it's, it's a fairly a static document isn't it
1: um yeah from the, from the very outset yes um you should um it, it doesn't it, it doesn't change that much you might might make iterations based on some lessons learned that you'd have picked up from different phases of testing but but realistically yeah. you come up with an approach at the very beginning that should remain you know f- the approach throughout the uh, throughout the, the life of the program, you might change, change a few things, but it doesn't, it won't fundamentally change. So, any sponsor and the, these documents should be, um, the strategy should be defined at the very beginning of the program. Um, yeah, it's not something that you write at the end um, to pass some sort of quality audit or quality checks. It's something at the very beginning, and and the sponsor um, and the and the governance structures like you described, will need to validate um, the the approach that um, the program is taking taking yeah. um, in 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 its testing. Absolutely, and that comes at the very beginning. And if they if the sponsor starts seeing reams and reams of paper and details on 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 scripts, then please uh, challenge uh, the program manager, director, test manager on
0: on the approach. Because they yeah. shouldn't
1: in a SaaS implementation, particularly they shouldn't be going down that
0: path. Yeah, but if you are building software from scratch or you're absolutely. implementing on premise, then yeah, you then, want then to then see those. Then, <laughs> those then, yeah, then if
1: success. it's yeah, absolutely, Jason. Yeah. Yes, yeah. If it, if it's a high level test scenario, is again something that's been developed ground up, then uh, be equally as worried.
0: Yes, it's, yeah, doesn't have enough
1: detail. Yeah,
0: but. So this, the strategy is fairly static, but must be done up front and approved up front. Yeah. But the plan's different, isn't it? The plan's a lot more kind of fluid, fluid. I guess. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, because yeah, it largely depends on on a, availability of resource, availability of technology, the system, availability of test environments, et cetera. Mm. And you've got a, and a program manager together with a test manager will will need to line all of that up. Yeah, and and again, you know, you, when you're talking about testing, you, ideally, you want people that um, understand the processes, the um, and understand have got a you know a, a good um, background knowledge of the system that they're perhaps testing. Yeah, um, and these resources are not typically uh, they're typ- they're not typically readily available, right? So you need to have the the you're your testing well planned so that resources are going to be available and potentially backfilled for the period of time that you're going to be testing so
0: yes um, yeah so you and you've that got kind to of
1: line all of that up
0: so that um, that resource planning and scheduling is is one of the really important parts of the test uh, yeah. plan. what what else what are the other kind of major elements of a test plan you'd want to see
1: Okay, so who, who will be carrying out the testing? So um, again, very similar to the resource plan, but um, the logistics, um, where's going, where's testing going to be done? Are, we, are you going to have testing done in one in a room with everybody in the room, which in some cases is is the most effective way of doing it? Are you going to get people done testing remotely? Um, who's going to access to, to, to what environment? What testing, what test platforms are you going to use? Um, and prior to that, make sure that those test platforms are readily available with the users able to connect into it, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and um, making sure that individuals that you're inviting in to do some sort of testing are adequately trained uh, and know what they need to do.
0: Yeah, um, so tra- trained on what particularly? Because we do on, talk about this quite a bit. Yeah, on on,
1: on the system and tra- and, tra- and testing practices. Um. Very often, I've I've seen um, organisations just give um, responsibility for in, to individuals to undertake testing. Right, go and run a process, but you know these individuals don't, don't know what they're doing, yeah. Um, and they're just following an instruction. Actually, what you want is individuals that are willing to break a system and take pride in that. that okay, yeah. you've given me a beautifully shiny product that you think works beautifully i'm going to try and break it yes, and i am yeah. going to do stupid things um to break uh, this beautifully designed process um test managers will probably hate it because these individuals will be picking an awful lot of issues and defects and bugs that okay when you put it through the triage it might be things that realistically that unlikely to happen because users are, are typically not that um dare i say stupid but uh <laughs> Uh, but nonetheless you need to sort of put um put these um weird scenarios and weird sort of be, human behavior into into technologies just to see what happens yeah. so that at least you're half prepared so it needs to you need to have people with that sort of mindset um let loose on on systems and processes
0: so I think the, the other thing you need is that kind of entry and exit yeah, criteria as that was well. just, exactly, just the design to say that each yeah of those absolutely. phases yeah
1: yeah and be very clear what that is, um, and get your execs, your your executive governance structures to 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 approve it. And it might be that you'll come each phase, will, you know, maybe a ten point check that says, right, I'm going to come out of each phase with no, you know, P one or priority one issues, uh, you know, almost your show stoppers. My, I'm going to come out of each phase with the um, the user experience, the individual experience is is is. In in large parts positive, and 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 uh, the system, you know, system or the processes are easy to execute, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you, you come out with these sort of ten key bullet points, hmm. and you build all of your scenarios or scripts if you're doing a a, 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 An a, type a non-prem type prem deployment, yeah. yeah. So you you know you, you come up with your you, and you, all of your scenario scenarios or test scripts should underpin this um, exit criteria that you've um, developed and you've got your exec to sort of sign off.
0: Yeah, and it really needs to be the process owners, kind of back to your earlier point, the people that are accountable for setting the criteria Mm. for uh, the the processes in their scope, so the the ones they're accountable for. Yeah, and... And then the program director,
1: no, absolutely, and then the program director, sort of, uh, or the not program, the program transformation lead, or yeah, the transformation lead actually joining the dots across all of it, Mm -hmm. Um, so that the handoffs between uh, process A to process B, from process owner to process owner, uh, are done sort of seamlessly. Um, Yeah. So each of the process owners absolutely take accountability for their functional areas, but they shouldn't lose sight are actually many many processes. Um, or people's experience in a in a life cycle process, for instance, will will um, touch different process owners. So yes. the whole end-to-end needs to be managed really, really well.
0: Yeah, because after all, it's the process owners who are uh, accountable for the efficiency and effectiveness of these new systems and processes and mm. ways of working that are being implemented. So it makes sense that they're the ones to say, okay, we must meet these acceptance criteria mm. or this set of criteria before we'll accept that it, that, they're, that we're ready to push the program on to the next phase, whether that's the next prototype or into a deeper level of testing or it's go mm. live. Uh, so having really clearly defined and documented entry and exit criteria for each of the test phases is massively helpful because it means that you make well-founded decisions as you move through but it, it's kinda of, you, you can set the bar too high as, mm. as you kind of alluded to, you can have, you know, no priority ones or or you know, mm. only three or you know, whatever it's gonna be, whatever's appropriate. And if it's too high, you just get stuck chasing down every single minor bug that actually isn't yeah. an issue yeah um, exactly yeah so there'd be be yeah, if you if you
1: if you have a plan or an exit criteria that says i'm going to clear every single bug that um that's been identified before i move on to the next phase yeah um then then you'll be there for a long long time because it, it is um and some of them frankly are not possible to do because the technology doesn't allow it or uh, actually do you know what we've come up we, we need to re-engineer the, we'd have to fundamentally re-engineer something we've designed to address maybe a P3 issue, and it just doesn't warrant fixing, right? So you document it, you say, you know what, there's, I'll close that one. Or you identify issues that you pass from um, that, you, that you're not going to block the, the 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 entry of the next sort of phase, which is the next prototype, because you've got um, one issue that, that could still be resolved in the next phase. So you just have to sort of be pragmatic in a way. But there are certain things that you shouldn't, you shouldn't allow to progress uh, until you fix them. Um, yes. Because Can you you've, give us you, a you've some got for, ex-
0: for examples some, there. Yeah,
1: um, you've got a fundamental um, error in one of your um, processes or in a configuration of one of your processes that mm. doesn't that, that doesn't allow the the um, process to complete. So in that yeah. case, now we need to make sure that we complete that process. That that is a showstopper. Um, yes. But um, a minor one might be actually we've got some help text or a bit of instructions that are missing or don't, don't have the right the right wording. Okay, fine, yeah. we'll fix that later on, right? So it, it's about being primatic or an integration's
0: failing dramatically. And yeah, you can, or, or you're missing a vital piece of, piece of the, the data, data architecture yeah, and, and you security, actually don't really have a plan for how you're going to come up to. with that.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you, you do not want to close out one phase of the system, uh, with questions on your design. Um, because you know, that I've got a process, I've got a flaw in my process and I need to redesign it. Don't move it on to the next phase because you're just limiting your ability to, to test that, um, process before you go live so yeah. um use the windows of testing that you have which there won't that ma- there won't be that many especially in sas implementations you've probably got two or three windows of testing so if you start pushing issues from one window to the next and deferring yes. issues you're just limiting your ability to actually effectively test it properly so it is it is it is really vital that people uh, don't um brush aside issues that uh, um um to allow the program to continue sometimes yeah. you have to make those hard calls don't you and say right let's just stop for a second let's just fix this and then allow it to
0: progress yeah cuz those windows are only about 2 to 3 weeks yeah. at a time really yeah, exactly. it's, it's really not long <laughs> yeah it's not not a lot of time to get these things tested before you you set it out upon the world and uh, yeah yeah and these are the things that are gonna you know pay your suppliers allow you to collect money pay your, pay your employees, employees <laughs> yeah handle all that personal data yeah um so yeah you've got to don't take it thoroughly. don't take it lightly. Yeah, exactly yeah and we, we've talked about setting the bar too high but you can also set it too low and yeah. and you risk going live with a solution that either doesn't work or isn't fit for purpose or has got some horrific hole in it that's going to Cause you mm. a major issue once once mm. it hits it hits general release I think it's the 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 test manager has got to be working with the process owners as well because you know frankly they're process owners they're not systems implementers or test managers yeah, that's right, so that they've got to give give that kind of subject matter expertise and guidance around how various criteria criteria is going to get assessed who's going to sign it off. And what you'll do if that criteria isn't met and that's kind of mm. the real value of having a test manager that has been there and done it and seen it mm. a few times yeah. before yeah you definitely don't want the blind leading the blind do you so it is <laughs> <No. do you? laughs>
1: so having someone experienced in any in important things that uh, individuals um, need to test you know focus on these things because it don't and don't worry about x y and z because that's that that works fine, and yeah. and actually the the system implementers as well have got a role to play in in guiding organisations through, okay, what testing are you going to do, um, but but the the system implementers are there to sort of you know configure the system against the specification. It's up to to organisations to test the logic, like we talked about just a minute ago. Um, so the system implementers have got a role to play in sort of guiding organisations to. Um, through okay, these are the key areas that you need to sort of focus your testing resources on or your your, your testing activities on. But the test manager is the one who's really helping to pull all our plans, all those plans together, to to, yeah. to help the process owners. De- this you know to help define these are the key things that process owner we need to really prioritize here, um, because yeah. these are are, are issues that I've experienced in previous projects that cause um they'll they'll cause us pain. So let's really spend a bit of time on these sort of areas. Yeah. Um just to provide a little bit of guidance to to those process owners. Process owners will then say, okay, I want process to go from A to B in this way, with these various approvals and these are various sort of off-system activities happening, uh, roles and responsibilities of these various people, um, well-described and well-articulated and well-defined. And that's the role of the process owner. Um, And and the, the test manager sitting there going, okay, how am I going to now create the various test scenarios to meet all of that criteria?
0: you're listening to the underscore transformation podcast for more practical guidance to business transformation you can download our transformation checklist at underscore hyphen group.com forward slash insights yeah and i think that the system implementation partners they can help you with one part of testing which is verifying that it meets specifications um yeah. but they're, they're never gonna help you with validating that it's fit for purpose for your business. Absolutely they'd, not. They no. will have no clue about that and, and, and don't expect them to help you with anything. Yeah, so, exactly. And they shouldn't do it's no, like it. No, they'd be the, well, stepping well, well beyond their beyond boundaries. boundaries. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. What, I mean, who are they to know? What's yeah. right and wrong to you, for your business? Yeah, you give me exactly. a set of logic and business rules you want me to configure in a system. I have done that. Yes. Your role is to make sure that I have configured them correctly um, which sometimes causes a little bit of frustration because um, there are inevitably going to be errors in 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 business in logic that's been yeah. created by the system integrators as part of a condition rule or something crazy that they've put into the system to send the process either A or B, to, yeah. you know, it, you know, through via um, one channel or another.
0: Yeah, send and, and approval it, if it's over this amount instead no. of if it's under this yeah. amount, and it's basic logic that gets yeah. switched Some, around as people are yeah. working long hours to get stuff configured.
1: Yeah, it's exactly. Sometimes those. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes those things happen, so um, you know they, they don't get configured correctly. But it's human nature. Um, but that's the; these are the key things that businesses should be, you know, focusing their testing activities on. Um, yeah, yeah. So we've
0: got our our sign-off criteria sorted. Yeah. Um, but what about all the different types of system testing that goes yeah. on when you're implementing a, a new piece of technology? Because yeah. some of this language is pretty opaque. I um, know. Uh, yeah, so let's, um, let's, let's
1: demystify it a little bit, shall we? Yeah, I think we should
0: <laughs> should just unpack it a bit. Um, you know, we're not going to go into massive amount of detail nah. here, but I think it would help just to do a bit of a a quick fire what yeah. are these things because like you'll hear about it you'll see so. it written on plans um and sometimes it can be you know, a bit disconcerting to go hold oh, on what what is this what does exactly? that mean? so yeah. um uh, yeah. so yeah so let's kind of just take it in order vaguely chronological order so yeah. let's start with uh smoke testing so what is smoke testing
1: what a, what a good one to start with so smoke testing is it, you're basically doing some checks um you're not doing detailed testing this is uh, is your data is your data in a system yes Have i configured um and this is will typically be done by the system integrators to start mm. off with and um, before they hand the system to to their to their client yeah. um they'll go in and they'll check to see if if i configured all of the functional areas that i need to configure yeah. um as the data as i said has the data been loaded have the integrations been turned on and they will have a checklist um, of the things that they need to validate uh, that have been configured. Yeah. Smoke yeah. smoke testing as well comes into play much further down the line, um, client side. So um, typically, when um, the system, just prior to a system going into production, um, some clients may decide to to do smoke testing in certain parts of the system prior to um, to turning it on. Um, into uh, in, into a live environment, um, as well as doing perhaps detailed unit testing or whatever in other parts of the system, but I'll come on to onto unit testing in a second. So um, to summarize, smoke testing is done by the system integrator prior to giving a prototype to the to the organisation, to the client, to the, for them to do their various sort of unit testing and to end, etc. But can also be done by clients at the very end um, of of the program prior to uh, switching the system into live mode. So they'll go in and just do a bit some validation that the things that the customer is expecting to see in a system are in a system
0: prior to turning it on. Yeah yeah so next up is unit testing so so uh, unit uh, testing sixty thousand view sixty thousand view of unit testing so unit testing is um
1: uh, you're testing um in detail this is where your scenarios and we talked about a minute ago where Mm -hmm. your scenarios for each of the functional areas of your system um so if you're testing uh, the purchasing elements of it or the finance elements of it or um or the recruiting elements, the payroll elements. You're doing detailed testing against the scenarios, not the scripts, but against the scenario. Especially in a SaaS mode, we're talking about software as a service. We're not talking about on 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 premise here. But this is where your um, majority of your
0: effort will go into um, during testing. So, so you can expect a lot of changes in the first round of unit testing, can't you? Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, this is the first time your design team will fully understand and the design, the decisions that they've made during various workshops. Um, yeah. it's the first time that they're seeing the, the output of that in, 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 in the technology and system. Um, so they, they are going to identify, um, defects and issues. Um, and wouldn't it be great if, if we, if we, w- we could do this as well, you know, enhancements, etc. It's not just about fixing defects and issues. It's actually enhancing the experience now.
0: Yeah. Um, and and sometimes, you know, you, you have a couple of decisions mm. in front of you. We could do it this way or that way. Well, we chose that way, and now we see it in the flesh. Actually, yeah. that, that's not great, is it? We, that's, should that's gonna, done, yeah, yeah. we should have gone the other way. Yeah. Um, it's that that evolving iterative design feedback loop, isn't it? That's that yeah. this is, unit testing is is essential to that that iterative approach to yeah. to to design.
1: And, and you, you should do it. You should have all of these types of sort of conversations and discussions and, and, and questions in the first iteration of your prototype of, of, of your of your design. Yeah, you do not want to ha- to be having these types of conversations uh, when you're um, quite close to go live. It, it's uh, less than ideal. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is your opportunity to to. Really refine um, and review and uh, the design decisions you've made
0: uh, and it's the it's the difference between a defect and an enhancement isn't it really yeah. that's and um, so in in your first prototype, it's absolutely fine to have maybe even more, more enhancements than you have defects. But if you're in your second or getting towards your production and, um, uh, prototype, if you've still got enhancements going mm. on, then that's a real red, red flag, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, you do not want to have um, changes and, and the system integrators will typically be really uncomfortable, um, with lots of changes going through because you're, you've, if you're making enhancements and changes that at such a late stage, it just means that you've not taken those changes through uh, the testing cycles that everything else has has, has, has had. So it yes. is um, it is a um, a little bit of a worry bead if you start to sort of see huge amounts of change. Um, and sometimes it's you know it is what it is, and it has to be done because otherwise the the user experience will be compromised, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So sometimes yeah. you have to make these hard decisions. But um, a test manager and a program lead and a transformation lead, et cetera, will need to really be um, be very very careful about making enhancements um, later in, in 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 a program and really signing those off as okay. These these are absolutely critical. Um, and they must be done prior to us turning the system on. Or, actually, do you know what? They are not critical prior to go live, but they are really great um, great ideas. Let's put into a roadmap that will address it,
0: um, um, you know, three, six months, et cetera, down the line. Yes, yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. unit testing. Um, let's move on to security testing. Yeah, so this is... Uh, um, um, a really, really key,
1: um, um, testing that needs to be performed. Um, so this is where you're testing the security, um, uh, within typically the system, of course, and uh, what users can access, what users can see, the various components of the system that the users users can see, and it becomes obviously more important as um, you know, legislation on you know data privacy, etc. Um, it, it starts to get tighter and tighter and yeah. Um, um, and and tougher on on organisations if they should foul, fall foul of it. Um, so you yeah. know, look look at look at user rights. Um, and uh, and if you look at GDPR now, it's um, making sure that people are only allowed to see what they should be able to see. Um, so you're yeah. going to have to have those conversations during workshops and design workshops about determining who can see what information about people, about finance, about procurement,
0: whatever. Um, yeah, and we covered it in last week's episode mm, on data, but it, it's always worth repeating, yeah. before you open up your new system to be tested by a broader audience than just the core project team, make sure you've done all your security testing and, and no one's going to see any data they shouldn't see.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we also talked about some
0: our organizations of...
1: Um, I've got individuals to um, sign non-discl- non-disclosure agreements, NDAs, um, just in case um, they come across data that they wouldn't typically come across. So yeah. um, something for for listeners out there, if you're thinking of inviting individuals from outside your project team into testing, which inevitably you will do as part of UAT, we'll probably come on to that in a second, yep. um, these individuals may come across data that they wouldn't typically see. So put some restrictions around um um,
0: you know, policy or contracts, et cetera, uh, that individuals must sign. Um, that makes sense. So moving on, performance testing?
1: Um, th- yeah, this is an interesting one, actually, because um, for, for smaller organizations, this is probably not something that they will do because they don't have the volume of transactions that they're putting through, um, especially with cloud technology that's, um, that's being used um, by um, organizations of significant size. Mm. Um if you're doing something on-prem, on premise, probably you want to do performance testing because obviously you're testing the capabilities of your internal networks, etc. Yeah. Um, Have we bought uh, a fast enough server? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, We've got but enough storage. Of, but a lot of organizations are clearly going you know, clearly going down a SaaS route. Um so if you're a five, a five to ten thousand employee business, you probably don't need to worry too much about um, transactional performance. You do, however, need to worry about um, reporting performance. Yes. So if you've built a series of reports, they've got lots and lots of complex logic inside them, and you expect these reports to be issued, I don't know, um, during peak times of usage, um, then it might affect the performance of the system. So I would suggest that some performance testing is done against um, against reporting. But not on the transactional level not, not on transactions if however you're um, an organization of signif- a significant size you know 60 70 80, plus in employees uh, then you have to do um, performance testing you have to put thousands of transactions on at the same time and run those reports run those integrations all at the same time to make sure that uh, the system doesn't collapse and and uh the um, the system providers will also um, expect you to do some something some of um, some of those tests, um, yeah. Because obviously they don't want to compromise their other client basis, especially if the uh, um, if it's a shared sort of environment with um, uh, many many clients, you know. So.
0: So and the, uh, it, it tends to happen if you, you know, the, you as much as you have stuff in their cloud, you can have latency issues, especially if you've got large populations in Australia or New Zealand. They, they yeah. tend to get a bit of a, a bum rap when it comes to yeah. you know, internet access to, yeah. to kind of cloud services. So you've got yeah. to check this stuff out um, yeah. because it, it can decimate the performance of your system. Uh, yeah. If you if you haven't done that, that's something we've had direct experience of.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, if they've got um European, based data center and our poor Aussie colleagues are accessing it from down under and, um, and struggling with latency. But, um, more recently, a lot of, a lot of, um, Networks and, and data centers. Yeah, it's a, lot do, a less of it an issue a, a, these days. Have, have I'm have showing improved. my age, are <laughs> <laughs> Not really, no. Nah, but yeah, um, I'm sure. In the world will come of back, cloud, I'm ancient. Uh, the uh, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure somebody will come and say to us, "No, no, that's still an issue, Joe. You're talking nonsense. Yeah. Uh, we're still experiencing it here in the middle of in the outback." Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Um, so now, they, they, if you've got lots and lots of transactions and lots of employees. Absolutely, put thousands of sim put a simulation simulate a whole load of transactions being put through, but you're yeah. reporting and integrations test them to death. Absolutely
0: yeah yeah so we've we've covered off some yeah. different aspects of testing kind of individual areas of the system mm. um what about when you get to end-to-end testing yeah what, what should we what what is it what should we be thinking about this is where you're testing all of the
1: various components um and then making sure that they work seamlessly end-to-end mm-hmm. um so your order to cash you're hired to retire you're procured to pay um to ensure that all of elements of the system work together seamlessly so it's about yeah. you know, all those process owners in a room and going right okay there's there's my hire to retire process so if i raise a requisition to recruit somebody take them through the recruitment process can i hire them can i onboard them can i then make some changes to their compensation once they're here so you can see the end. can i put them on sick can i put them on leave of absence etc can i get them to raise a purchase order can i get them to um to claim expenses, so you can mm-hmm. see the entire life cycle of an individual, can I then you know terminate the employee so you can see all of that um, yeah. what's that what's that end to end experience going to look like can i s and then off, again as you're seeing that end to end um uh, experience you will have integrations that will kick off as certain events happen so i've got an I've recruited somebody now I've hired somebody. Uh, I've onboarded somebody, so maybe I'm going to issue a a series of integrations to inform other downstream systems that this employee has arrived. Um, Are are those integrations kicking in or not? So it's about joining up, not just the process, and it's also about testing that those integrations are working, that those reports are, are working and being distributed against the schedules that you've created, and that this Donald Duck um, Higher that you've put through the system has ended up in the downstream systems, um, and ultimately you terminate your Donald Duck, um, and the Donald Duck disappears from the downstream systems that you've um, that you are integrating with. So it, it is a really, really key testing phase. Um, yeah. So do not underestimate this, and uh, this is not unit testing. This isn't. This isn't. This is about joining the dots, and a lot of organisations that um um, i've a lot of individuals i've spoken to um don't approach it that way they're still approaching unit testing um but they try to um join one or two areas of the process um, yes. so like, hey, we've yeah it was done end to end so we've now done a recruitment and i've now hired but now actually you haven't onboarded you haven't done a life cycle change et cetera et cetera so, yeah and uh, and
0: this is where all your off system comes in doesn't it Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, all your policies are coming in. Um, your processes, your handoffs, um, making sure that your um, standard operating procedures um, there for each of the you know for each of your teams. Um, you know the documents, the the, the guides um, that each of the teams are uh, uh, and individuals and each of the teams that are supporting those processes. So maybe maybe the payroll team have got their their processes and their guides about how they need to process somebody into payroll um it's at this point that you start to document that and 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 get it well you know to a level of detail that you that allows you to then train those users and those teams in um in the use of the system really
0: yeah it's uh, an an area that uh, as you say people often just focus on the system and just do more unit testing rather than properly joining it up end to end so, uh, before we kind of just wrap up on this, we've just got uh, two or three more to go. But uh, I think we'll we'll get to UAT, so user acceptance testing. But one one I know that's dear to your heart, uh, <laughs> parallel testing. Parallel testing, yes. Uh, yeah, the purpose
1: of parallel testing is to verify that the two systems can complete complex calculations or um, operations with the exact same results. So. Mm. Um, You know, things like in payroll, for instance, um, your gross to net um, calculations are the exact matches between the two systems. Um, You know, there are some tolerances. You will wear some tolerances of a penny here and a penny there, but, you know, but largely they're going to be, um, I'm running my payroll in in one system and I'm running the payroll in my new system and the results are exactly the same. Yeah, Um, That's the purposes of Parallel. You're not using parallel um, testing to test the um, configuration of your payroll engine. That's not what you're doing. You're testing that the calculations uh, of your payroll are exactly the same in both systems. You would have done your um, configuration testing um, during your unit testing, of course, and during your end-to-end this is where you're going to test the payroll systems and maybe even the finance systems if you're doing um, para- parallels, um, parallels in finance too. Yeah. Um, you're using your unit testing to make sure that the configuration and the elements and are all working correctly and, and so on. Um, this is to make sure that the calculations, when you pull all of it together, um, all the various components of a payroll, for instance... Um, you've got your earnings, your deductions, your taxes, et cetera, et cetera. All of that. Um, when you're pushing your payroll through, all of that calculates well.
0: Yeah. And where where you do identify discrepancies uh, mm. as you're going through your parallel testing, what 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 happens next? What's the process on that? Uh, how does it work? Yeah.
1: I mean, you have to um, you you have to 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 understand and triage. Why do we have differences? Okay, so um and the differences may may well be due to configuration, for instance, maybe data, actually some um data issues between 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 systems. And in some cases, actually, um, some organizations actually find that the legacy system in which they were operating their payroll and their finance actually weren't correct. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and and would know, be surprised how many times that happens. Um which actually gives the organisation a different set of problems. Okay, okay, we've now under, found found an issue in our legacy system. What are we going to do? Because yes. this issue goes back six months, three years, ten years, um, where individuals perhaps been it's been miscalculated, etc. Yeah, um, or even
0: worse, their pension contributions have been yeah misallocated, uh, yeah, <laughs> not, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. under or overpaid, or yeah. Oh, oof. That, that's your. That's the your, the sponsor's
1: worst nightmare is hearing yeah. that news. They actually, we our new system is going to work beautifully. But your legacy system, however, we found this issue. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you, anyway, you you are going to come up uh, come up with differences. Some differences are um are differences that you have to fix because actually there are some you you've, you've now identified. That there's an issue with the configuration of of the system that's causing that difference to occur between the two systems. So oh, my, my my maternity pay isn't matching between the two systems, and it's because there's a, a you know a, a calculation rule in my new system that hasn't been configured correctly, etc. Okay, fine. Let's fix that now. Let's unit test it. Let's rerun the parallel data to see if it's um, addressed all the, all of the issues, um, and then you're going to have some other ones. that you go. Do you know what? Um, do you know, we, there's an allowance, um, clothing allowance. There we forgot to load um, for to 500 employees. That's causing a, a difference of X. Yeah, we know. That's a known difference. We can live with that. Gotcha. So it, it, it is about understanding, okay, what are the differences between, there are configuration differences that you have to fix your configuration and you have to run them through again and, and to make sure that the uh, the issues are addressed. And then there are th- those other ones that maybe have been a data load issue that you just, you know, human error against. You know, we're all humans. Sometimes these things happen. Yeah. You, go, Do you know, what? Well, for those 500, I understand why we have a difference as long as the exec and the governance of the program are comf- comfortable with those parameters that you've set uh, in your parallel. So you're going to identify what your what are your levels of tolerance um, in your payroll. So some organizations will say, now I want my tolerance to be to all issues, anything over, the, over 10 pence on net pay or on gross pay will need to be justified. Uh, other organizations are perhaps a little bit more relaxed so yeah. again it depends on the on the the organization's appetite for risk um yeah. that's that's what it means
0: and and in terms of those um uh kind of uh num- number of parallel runs how mm. how many different test cycles should you be running in parallel uh, uh, A minimum in of, parallel but yeah, yeah how many parallel a, test runs should you have
1: a minimum of two um um yeah, a minimum of two, and if you've got serious issues with your um, second one, you have to
0: run a third one. Yeah, yeah, that um, makes sense. And I, I think that this whole area for for any anybody that's that's listening here, this is highly specialized, complex, detailed work. This whole area of of um, payroll implementation, payroll parallel mm. testing, so. Really do get external assurance from people that have got real hands-on operational experience of your new payroll system, if you possibly can, because it can save you a huge amount of time, as well as really reducing the risk associated with potentially going live with a payroll system that hasn't been properly, fully tested um so um we so we've covered parallel the yeah. next next phase on from parallel or does it run in parallel with parallel testing you <laughs> in parallel team. so yeah, yeah user acceptance testing yeah user, this is where you're being bringing
1: um in, individuals from across the organization to um test um your processes your system Uh, just making sure if it's 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 fit for purpose from their perspective yeah it it comes towards the end um of of um of your system implementation
0: it's really about validating that this is fit for purpose it's going to work in all these different areas of the business and the uh, the the user experience makes sense and, and yeah. it's not to cause operational issues as, as as this thing goes live. Um, if they're finding defects and uh, design enhancements during UAT, you've got yeah. real issues. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I mean, you're not going to get too many of that.
1: Nah, you you need to. Um this is not this shouldn't be the first time that um, the end user will experience the system you should yeah bring some end users into during your end to end or maybe maybe even unit testing providing the, the caveat that with providing you've tested security to death right so you don't yes. get individuals that you're bringing in into um, into into your system um, there hasn't been yet unit tested it's dangerous um so you yeah. do your unit testing then invite individuals or maybe do through presentation etc showcase what you've designed and so they're not they're not seeing the system for the first time yeah. um do a demo this is what we've designed what do you think um have we missed anything um get their their input into during unit testing into okay if you've not thought about x y and z oh okay fine i'll 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 iterate my design yeah. um then during end to end testing again you 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 do what we've described earlier um and then you bring your your user community um to to have a to have a play um as i said it's not the first time that they will have seen the system because it, you want them to have some sort of familiarity to avoid exactly what you just said Jason oh I want to raise all of these defects and issues because actually they're not real defects not real issues they're just user misunderstandings so if you have them involved earlier on it'll just help your uat process and it'll make your uat process much more effective because you you will ultimately want constructive feedback and a level of confidence from that end user that what you're doing will land in the organization will be adopted and will be
0: used by by individuals the user experience yeah. will be great etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah absolutely so I think um, what, what we're going to do now is we're going to draw it to a close here for for uh, this week's session. Uh, testing is a vast topic um, and we've got more to cover. Um, but I think we've we've kind of talked about all those major phases within testing, the importance of getting the right test manager on board, the key documentation. But we do have a bit more to cover. And I'm very oh. mindful that there's only so much people can handle in terms of <laughs> testing in any one uh, sitting. But we will come back to this uh, next week and go through um, uh, just a bit more detail around some of those really key areas uh, because get this, this right and uh, you, you will go live with something that is really fit for purpose, is, is uh, mm-hmm. not going to cause you any operational issues and ultimately is going to deliver the business case that, that you've uh, committed to, uh, to, to, to implement this new technology and this transformational change. So please do listen in next week for the second part of our, 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 our deep dive on testing. Uh, and uh, yeah, we look forward to, to talking to you then.
1: Uh, thanks for listening. We really appreciate your support. So this episode focused on one of 10 critical success factors in a build phase of transformation. If, if you'd like to be at the front of the queue for next week's episode, please hit the subscribe button. And don't forget to like the show if you found it useful.